Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. It's been a little stressful. So we're happy here to welcome back Bryce Zabel, TV producer, script writer, near to well. <laughs> Man about town who learned in the Orient the weird techniques to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Women have no problem, as we knew in the movie with Alec Baldwin, The Shadow, back in the 1990s. Remember, Margot Lane could see him. So that didn't work very well. But seriously speaking, we're busy here talking about the new universe in the UFO field. And Bryce, of course, with Richard Dolan co-authored a book called ad after disclosure this was 2012 well we put one version out in 2011 and we sold it to another publisher in 2012 so there's two editions out there but yeah and by the way can i just say that is the best introduction i've ever had because it made me laugh i appreciate it thank you i sell the script rights (laughs) for special low fee i actually my son and i actually wrote a screenplay once but I won't even begin to send it to you because you'd be too busy having a laugh at our expense. Well, I'll tell you something. I write a lot, and as a consequence, I barely have time to read what I'm writing, so I generally don't even read anything else. I watch the finished product in theaters and on TV, and I I just write and, and, uh, and revise. That's my plan. Speaking of people in the entertainment industry, how would you feel when Captain Kirk finally explored the final frontier i think all of us probably felt kind of good about it it was kind of fun to see him do it it was like an old friend or or your uh, a buddy of your grandfather or something it, it was just interesting to see him do it and he seemed genuinely moved by it and that moved me and i i i think because of his fame and celebrity, it allowed people to actually understand what going into space, and it's not really going into, it's, it's sort of going into space, what he did, but it, at least he went far enough to uh, get a look at the planet for what it is, which is a, a fragile ecosystem that we should be taking better care of. I was happy to see him do it, and, and I hope it uh, heralds a time when more people from different walks of life do get to do that because they'll probably all come back like him and, and start talking about we need to do better because clearly we do. 90 years old. Just oh. think when I'm 90. But you see, you and, and our guest co-host Kurt Collins are young people, so you don't even understand what it's like to be over 70. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate hearing that. And, you know, age, is, uh, as I've said many times, is something we don't talk about in Hollywood. So I'm just going to let that comment slide. All right. Since we're talking about the new world, possible disclosure, you have issued a challenge to a noted Hmm. UFO skeptic to have a debate. Tell us more. Well, listen, I just thought it was time for somebody to sort of stand up for truth. And I, I, so I stood up to a guy who I think could do better, and that's Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, he's literally the go-to person uh, for, you know, anytime anything space-related happens, uh, people go out and talk to him, and they've been talking to him about the UAP issue, etc. And he just relies on a bunch of one-line jokes that all have punchlines. And I just don't think he's he's 
being as beneficial as he could, and he's sort of repeating the same kind of arguments over and over and turning it into a big joke. He did it yesterday, just yesterday, on CNN with Anderson Cooper. He cracked Anderson up with his jokes, and he even cracked himself up, even though I've heard him make those jokes a dozen times. So I just said, you know what? Maybe I'm not the right guy to do it, but I don't know anyone else who's volunteering at this point. And since I I mean it to be Maybe it's just a metaphor. Maybe it'll happen. I don't know. But I've, I've challenged him to a, a debate that will go longer than a few sound bites and punchlines. I think a, a good way to really get deeper with Neil deGrasse Tyson would be to sit down for a couple hours in a theater one-on-one with a, a journalistic moderator and go through some of these things that he says all the time and actually make him defend them in a in a in a more reasonable way than he is now, because what he what he's doing now is going from show to show, uh, putting down people, making fun of people, and these people he's making fun of, I think, are are airline pilots and and navy pilots and radar operators and good and police officers and military people, all of whom have seen these things and have experience with these things, and he's acting like. Um, that they're just making it up or they just aren't smart enough to understand. I think it's time somebody called him on his uh, his BS, and so I'm calling him. Well, I'll certainly volunteer as the moderator. I do have a traditional news background, as do you. But the thing, as you will know, having worked at CNN, any of these cable TV networks, they are so severely constrained in terms of time that you really can't flesh out an interview. You mostly have time to let the guests repeat the talking points with just a few moments to interject. Well, Gene, I agree with that, but I would also say this. It is true uh, that they have a short enough time that they they pretty well wind up their guests and let them make their statements. But that doesn't mean that you have to laugh like uh, Anderson Cooper just did, like it's all a big joke. And it also doesn't mean that reputable journalist doesn't say to someone like Neil deGrasse Tyson, I'm sorry, that doesn't really fit with the facts as I understand them. What do you mean by this? Instead, they just let him go from joke to joke to joke. And I think it's time for that to stop. And I realize that for a lot of us, we could say, well, just ignore the guy. And I agree with that, and I intend to ignore him soon. But right now, I'm maybe, you know, call it performance art or call it a piece of social activism. I think it's time for him to understand that we are watching him and we are listening and we are not getting the joke the way he's telling it. And it's time for him maybe to treat the topic of UAP, UFO reality with a little more seriousness. So, yeah, I mean, uh, nothing against you or me and our past journalism, but I would look for having a journalist who people actually know and 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 watch on uh, on either uh, any of the networks or or cable news outlets. Someone who's that they're saying, well, I trust this person to tell me the news. I'd like to get that person up to speed on the topic and let them ask whatever questions they want. I'm not afraid to answer a question and neither should uh, uh, Dr. Tyson. Well, I kind of think it may not happen. What about some of the lesser people like a a Mick West? Well, listen, I'm not interested in tackling Mick West right now. I'm I'm interested in uh, calling out Neil deGrasse Tyson. And I think uh, you are correct. Uh, Chances are it's not going to happen. I remember during the... uh, 
during the presidential campaigns of the 60s and and 70s, it was an article of faith that the challenger would always challenge the incumbent to debate, and the incumbent would say, no, I won't debate, because they didn't want to put anything at risk. Now, of course, we have standard debates. I think debate's a good thing. Um, And I don't think anyone who is confident in their opinion should ever be scared to debate. But having said that, of course, I understand he's he's not likely to to do it. But then again, here's what I here's my take. What would be the reason for Neil deGrasse Tyson to get in an actual debate with me or anyone else um, to talk about the topic? And it would be this. He has painted himself into a corner on this topic over the years by being so flippant about it and by literally just turning it into a big joke that uh, he gets to laugh about and he gets uh, the the interviewer to laugh and it's all just kind of, isn't it funny? He does everything except put on a tinfoil hat. And I think the corner he's painted himself in is – Things have gotten a little more serious in the last few years. I mean, when the UAP report that the government released on June 25th actually states that these things are real and uh, we don't know what they are and they are physically real and they have capabilities we're not a we don't really uh, know how to match and basically we don't make them and we don't think China or Russia makes them either. Then I wonder what the joke is. Okay, we have the physically real Bryce Zabel with the semi-physically real Gene Steinberg and the totally physically real Kurt Collins. That means you're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about after the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. We know that the 1% globalist elites have hijacked and subverted the U.S. economy, culture, and government. The battle to take America back begins with Scott McKay, the Patriot Street Fighter, and his advancing the fork and line tour. Now here's Scott. Hi, this is Scott McKay, better known as Patriot Street Fighter, the high-octane, full-throttle truth hammer, and I'm bringing the advancing the fork and line tour to a city near you. I and a host of other speakers will be on stage with an arsenal of issues from health rights, human rights, and the freedom given to us by the founding fathers who drafted the Constitution for the United States of America. This is a ticketed event, and you can get tickets at PatriotStreetFighter.com. I'm looking forward to personally seeing many of you there. The Patriot Street Fighter advancing the fork and line tour tickets can be purchased at PatriotStreetFighter.com. For tour dates and information, or to purchase your tickets, go to PatriotStreetFighter.com. That's PatriotStreetFighter.com. Jose works on a farm. 
Safety is important. His boss calls 811 to determine where it's okay to dig. This protects Jose from hitting an underground line and from serious injury. Because Jose can't tell exactly where or how deep the lines are, he doesn't dig until 811 tells him it's safe. The most important thing is that Jose works safe and goes home to his family. For more information, visit farmsafe811.org. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. Extend your life with Extendovite. Extendovite really works. Here are some reviews from Amazon.com. John Hess, 5 out of 5 stars. Awesome. Probably my only review, but at age 40, I was getting bad heart throb and left arm pain, mainly before bed. I even stopped smoking and drinking sodas for a month, and that didn't work. After one day of taking Extendivite, it was gone and hasn't returned in three years. I've ordered Extendivite 13 times, so Amazon just said. Juliet Hordick. I've ordered this product before in liquid form. It is fantastic. My whole family's been on it. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with ExtendoVite. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Bryce Abel is joining us discussing whether it makes sense to take Neil deGrasse Tyson to task and see if he'll debate Bryce or someone and put everything out there and stop making it into a joke. Because obviously it's not a joke. It's not a joke when you see something that can exceed the speed of our best aircraft. And even going back to some of the older stuff that the UAP task force didn't talk about, Bryce, where we have craft over nuclear installations causing mischief, I mean, that's got to be frightening, don't you think? Well, it's always bothered me. I I think that it's clearly something uh, that we should be paying attention to. So when people say, you know, enough of the threat and interpretation here, I don't think I'm being paranoid or anything to say. Probably Reagan was right with that phrase, trust but verify. We don't know enough, at least I don't feel I know enough, about whoever it is that's piloting these things that I think that they're not a threat. Uh, So I think we have to proceed with some caution. And it does alarm me that many, many times these craft have been associated with uh, uh, nuclear power, whether it's nuclear weapons or our military assets. 
and it clearly is alarming other people. The only issue I had on that topic and, uh, and of course, the report itself was the report tended to make it sound like this thing started in 2004 with the Nimitz thing. And, of course, we all know it really goes back at least to 47 and probably a good deal longer than that. And so I think once you start to contextualize it historically – and that would include nuclear surveillance, going back to Malmstrom and some of those other great cases. We have a, a thing happening that requires greater study. Uh, and we need to get the data on it, and we need to put people under oath for testimony. And if we need to, we need to bring people in and offer immunity uh, for their testimony if that's what it takes. Because it's 2021, and it's kind of time. I would definitely think we really need to get a handle on what's going on. And part of it is a ticking time bomb in one extent, which is whatever you think UFOs are, and we can go into some of these possibilities, if they're spaceships or from another dimension or anything, one day they can decide we are going to have a mass contact. Will we be ready? Are we ready? And that's going to throw everything out, out the window. And it also begs the question of what is ready. It's interesting. I spend a lot of time, and I did this starting, as you pointed out, uh, with uh, the after-disclosure book that Richard Dolan and I wrote. You know, we spent time, many, many, many hours, kicking these things around and saying, well, what do we know? What don't we know? What can we interpret about that? Is there a analog for that in our history or whatever? I came to one conclusion because there are very few things that you can really say are facts at this point about intent. But here's one. I think you can state factually that there is one thing that these others, whomever they are, and there might be more than one group, but whomever they are and humans, there's one thing we agree on. And the thing we agree on is it ought to be a secret because both sides in all these years, have had the opportunity to end the secrecy. We could have called the news conference and, and said, by the way, here's the truth, and here's a bunch of photos and videos and films that you can look at, and uh, we'll take your questions now. But we've never done that. And the others could have literally landed in Central Park or blown up the White House like they've done in the movies, but they never did that either. So both sides have maintained a sense of secrecy, and you have to ask yourself, what does that mean? And I'm not sure. Do you think, though, that the task force, after releasing that kind of wishy-washy report, which I guess is better than nothing, is going to do anything more descriptive or just give occasional updates? We're still working on it. I think the pressure is, is real and authentic and is going to continue. And I prefer not to call the task force report wishy-washy or a nothing burger or whatever. Was it everything I wanted? No. Was it uh, a 500-page report that went back to 1947 and, and actually laid out that case? No, it wasn't. But it did a few important things that I think will help for future discussion. And, and I alluded to them previously, but just to state it in, in clear terms, that report did say that these things were real and that they have capabilities that we don't appear to have. It said that plain out. It talked about multiple cases that were recorded on sensors and by uh, military assets and by reliable witnesses. All right, so that's good. That's a good baseline. Then it said that it was their understanding that these were not made by the United States. So that kind of ruled out 
the we're making them point of view. And then it said it did not appear that our adversaries were making them either. So my point is, if they're real, we don't make them and they don't make them, do the math. It means something or someone kind of exotic is doing it. Well, I kind of think that some people who were involved in this, like former Senator Harry Reid, were very much in the off-world camp. Oh, for sure. In fact, I think that's the kind of the twilight disclosure we're sort of in the middle of right now, because most of these people who are speaking out or are are considered expert witnesses, they do have their own opinions, but they're sort of about what is going on. But they're keeping a lot of those opinions to themselves. People that I would put in that category are, in fact, Harry Reid, but also Lou Elizondo and and uh, Christopher Mellon and and a, and a collection of of people who actually, I'm sure, in a bar at night with a friend, have speculated about what's really going on and why. And there will probably come a time when we move out of this, well, we don't know what it is, To but there it is, to a new one where we go, well, we know it's real and it's time for some uh, hypotheses and theories to be floated and to ask which is the most likely one at that point. And there may be evidence uh, that we have yet to be exposed to that would lead people to believe one explanation or another. One of the frustrating parts of the UAP task force is that it's focusing strictly on the naval sightings as the core. All the stuff that went on before 2004, and we can go into a few of those more significant cases, they almost pretend they never happened. Well, that's the frustration, isn't it? But sometimes you learn things by what you don't hear. Um, If they're trying, if they write an entire report and make it seem like it started in 2004, that's because whoever is authoring that report feels or has been told that's the way to do it uh, because you're on more solid ground there or whatever. Um, And and I think that that's uh, something that's needs to be discussed. Uh, clearly, there there is more to this piece, and there's more. There are more um, ducks in that row than we're we're being allowed to look at, and there will be other reports to come. But but I I, I hope that what it instead is doing is a lot of people, and notably this would be mainstream media. Um, that have uh, access to funding and and, uh, resources uh, have been kind of asleep at the wheel on this issue for a long time. That's no surprise to any of your listeners. That's just kind of the reality of the situation. We've got Bryce, Gene, and Kurt. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. Have you ever thought about turning your Glock, XD Family, or 1911 handgun into a semi-automatic carbine? 
It only takes about 30 seconds. The MacTech Carbine Upper is classified as an accessory and can be delivered right to your doorstep with no FFL or background check required. It's the world's most versatile pistol accessory. Build your custom upper today. Simply go to handgunconversion.com. That's handgunconversion.com. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Former President Bill Clinton is expected to be discharged today from a California hospital where he's been since a few days ago. He was at California Irvine Medical Center since Thursday with a urinary tract infection, which became a blood infection. A spokesperson says, though, he's made great progress. And after one more overnight so they can continue to monitor him and give him antibiotics, he is expected now to be discharged sometime today. This news is getting great reviews especially from those who work in the entertainment industry as a major Hollywood strike has been avoided at just about the last minute. Some 60,000 International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees members were going to strike on Monday, but a deal reached on Saturday evening on a new three-year contract will now stop that from happening, although the members do have to still take the ratification vote on that deal. And this is USA Radio News. The CDC is now urging all Americans to be vaccinated for the holidays, issuing new COVID-19 guidelines saying because, quote, holiday traditions are important for families and children, those eligible to get vaccinated should do so, getting those shots to protect those who cannot. The guidance also says having parties and gatherings outdoors will still be safer than having such gatherings indoors. Mick Jagger firing back at Sir Paul McCartney after McCartney recently said the Rolling Stones were just a blues cover band. During a SoFi Stadium Stones concert, Jagger defended his bandmates against those insults, he said, from the former Beatle. More than 40 years ago, John Lennon had said the Stones, when compared to the Beatles, quote, are not in the same class, music-wise or power-wise, so it probably hit a nerve with Jagger. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So with Bryce Zabel as our guest this week for at least most of the show, we have Kurt Collins as guest co-host. Kurt, you have a question or two that might be appropriate from our forums? Let's see. 
one question here was, it was a comment from uh, Alfa Romeo Uniform, and he brings up the topic of military manipulation in the 1980s Bentwater case. And he thinks that it might have been staged with technology and in-house job. What's your opinion that some of the UFO events are military technology, and particularly in this case, something that was staged that was a deception exercise? Well, first, Kurt, good to talk to you and thank uh, the listener for the question. A lot of us don't have the details sufficiently to be able to to come down hard on either side of that. However, I am more swayed by the fact that this seems to be a a truly exotic and unusual event. That's just how I feel about it. Uh, It's possible as your listener and questioner points out, that there is another alternative explanation. But I, I don't see it that way. Now, on the large, uh, only about bent waters. Now, on the larger question, in the mass amount of sightings that have happened over the years, are some of these things our own technology from our own military? And the answer would have to be, of course they are. I mean, no one has ever argued that's not the case. It's, it's absolutely the case that a number of sightings of aerial phenomena are, are misidentifications, people wanting something to be the seeing something that they want to see and or misidentifying actual technology that's out there being tested of course but the fact that there's a, a lot of noise doesn't mean there's not a signal the fact that there's a lot of uh, smoke doesn't mean there's not a fire and i believe that history and and frankly the the next history that we're writing is going to basically come down on that side of things and say that uh, there is something going on that uh, is not likely to be a human-directed thing. I, I guess there are alternatives where it could be human-directed and still be exotic if, if you were talking about time travel or something like that. But in general, I think we're looking at a phenomena here that is not something that we have a, a good explanation for at this point. In putting things together, how far back should we go? And we're thinking after World War II. And there are obviously a few things in there that people consider the standard UFO stuff. So I'll mention it because it's a franchise. Do you believe in Roswell, that it's a spaceship or was a spaceship? Well, I'm going to take that in pieces. Piece one, it was how how far back should we go? I, I don't think it's going to solve the problem that we're dealing with right now to try to go back to into ancient astronaut or an ancient alien uh, territory right now other than to say that all those issues exist and at some point we may be rewriting the history books and all of that is on the table but if we're talking about a great way to sort of bring the public into this discussion as opposed to having the discussion among elites and the public is sort of looking from the side, we need to start rewriting the history post-World War II. So, yes, there are some phenomenal cases from the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, and we need to start telling the story of America, the story of the world post-war, with the UFO story woven into it so that the public begins to see that we were investigating UFOs not starting in 2017 after the Tic Tac uh, incident became public in the New York Times, but we've been investigating UFOs, frankly, at least since 1947 when some of these reports came out. Now, your other question was, uh, Roswell? Listen, I have 
optioned a couple of books on Roswell over the years and have been developing it as a as a film. And my take, having read the books, uh, having spent a lot of time talking to Stanton Friedman, for example, and and Don Schmidt and other people who are Roswell researchers and reading the testimony of people, it's uh, very clear to me that the mundane explanations for Roswell don't hold water. It's also clear to me that the government is, I think by my count right now, offered four different uh, opinions about what it might be. And I think the the most likely thing is they accidentally told the truth at the beginning, which was it was one of these saucers. And uh, there seems to be a lot of witness testimony that it was crewed by inhabitants that didn't appear to the people who saw them to be human. So that's where I come down on Roswell. I want to touch on something before we move on, because, you know, the the history that, that you want to examine and the history that's being ignored by the UAP task force, do you think that they're concerned with the contamination by hoaxes and myths and legends and I mean, one scenario is that they want to only rely on their own sensor data that's much more recent. You know, what, what are your thoughts on that? That makes sense uh, from their point of view. And, and I'm not saying that they can't and shouldn't do that. Uh, but at the same time, uh, let's, let's just put it this way. Let's say that that's what the people in government have decided to do. They're going to pretend they didn't write those other 15 reports about UFOs and that they weren't studying UFOs until much later. Okay, for now, let's give them that and let them focus on sensor data and more modern cases, because frankly, uh, the sensor data is strong. The modern cases are compelling, and I'm happy to bring those to people's attention. However, that doesn't mean that the rest of us can't talk about the history and prepare the battlefield, if you will, for the for the future discussion of things by by trying to dimensionalize these modern cases by saying, well, there were cases very similar to them back in, say, 1951 and 1952 and 1960-something, and talk about that. So one of the things that I've spent a lot of energy on uh, in recent time, I have a medium publication called On the Trail of the Saucers, where it's it's basically a collective of writers writing articles on the topic of UAP and UFO reality. Uh, well, I've written my share of social activism pieces, including that Neil deGrasse Tyson challenge. I spent a lot more energy looking into uh, the historical reach of UFOs and uh, digging into cases and trying to see if I can add something to them. And that includes everything from the Betty and Barney Hill case to the John Lennon sighting. So I think there's room for a little historical research on all of these. And I encourage uh, researchers in the UFO field to continue at it and just try to make it all part of one big revision on the history books. Now, you've spent, obviously, because of the book you wrote about it, what if the Beatles stayed together and everything, John Lennon and his history. Is there something important that we don't know about his sighting? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something. It's the longest article I wrote on Trail of the Saucers. It's like a 23-minute read on Medium because I just sort of fell in the rabbit hole. I just thought, you know what? I don't think anybody has really tried to compare the testimony and and see what was he actually alleging and what wasn't he alleging and and so forth. So a couple of quick comments uh, because – 
to get deep into it, I'd urge people actually to go to whatifufos.com, and that'll take you to that site, and then you can find the Lenin piece. But a couple of things. I, I literally... Uh, paid attention to the words that he and May Pang, his girlfriend at the time, who also saw uh, this uh, sighting in New York in 1973, August of 73. Um, I had an artist commissioned to draw the uh, UFO or the uh, the craft that Lennon claimed he saw. And that's kind of interesting in itself. And then I think the thing you have to ask yourself is uh, – is this a little more than nuts and bolts? Is it something else? Now, with John Lennon, you have to ov- obviously say, well, you know, he could have been taking drugs. He could have been doing it as performance art or whatever. So there are ways to dismiss his his testimony. On the other hand, he and May Pang both claimed they saw what they saw, and they continued to claim it. And Lennon continued to be wor- uh, working on it and talking about it till the day he died. I mean, he had a song, uh, Nobody Told Me, on his final album that talks about there's UFOs over New York, and I'm not too surprised. So We're he- not too surprised that we have to break every so often. We've got Bryce, Gene, and Kurt. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. 
Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than six, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Yes, I remember that item from the song, and I know that the late, great Tim Beckley knew Maypang, and therefore he had talked to her about this. So yeah, this is something that obviously Lenin did not regard this as a joke. Let me just add one one final piece to that uh, uh, UFO with the cherry on top that he described. The thing that I found frustrating in my investigation of this thing is that I wanted to find those other witnesses who said, yeah, I was across the river and I saw it too, or yeah, I was three doors down and I saw it too, or find that newspaper article that described multiple witnesses, and I never found that, all right? So you say to yourself, how is it possible for a UFO like Lennon described and a a sighting to, to go on 10 minutes or more and not have a massive amount of witnesses. You would argue, I think, just looking at that as a piece of testimony and say, probably it didn't happen because more people would have reported it. And that's true if the only thing we're talking about is nuts and bolts. But what if there's another angle to it, that people are reporting and seeing things that are not necessarily being seen by everyone else because they're tuned into it in a different way, or perhaps the thing was created and revealed just for them? I I, I think we don't have enough actual evidence about how these things actually lay out to dismiss anything. It doesn't mean I think we should be gullible about it. So I look at the Lenin thing, and... I am somewhat ambivalent. I put it at about 
it, that it was an authentic uh, sighting. The 50% that says it's authentic is based largely on the tenacity that both Lennon and Pang had in holding to their story. Well, the other thing is, too, if you're in New York City, and we go back now to the 70s, and I remember in my travels, I was living in Pennsylvania, going back and forth to New York before I relocated there. And that is, you didn't tend to look in the skies for things. It's not like you're living in the country somewhere. You didn't look up that often. And something could happen up there. Anything can happen up there. And if you weren't paying attention, it would make perfect sense not to have other reports. And it could be there were people who saw something, assuming the sighting is as Lenin and Ms. Pang described it, and it would that, just never come to the public attention. I think that that's true, which is why I give it at least a 50% chance of, of being true. Even if multiple people had seen it, say there's another dozen witnesses from that time, they didn't run to the newspapers, A, and the newspapers didn't go try to nail it down. Why? Because back in 1973, the stigma was even stronger on UFOs than it is today. And the newspapers of New York probably thought, well, we're not going to get pulled into this. And if they did a little digging, they, they realized, of course, that Lenin had taken some strong psychedelics in his life. And also, they would have realized that, and this has nothing to do with him being a good witness or not, other than it made newspapers not want to report it. He was naked when he saw it. He was standing out on his balcony, buck naked. So here you have a, a man who's taken psychoactive drugs, who's naked, who is a member of the Beatles and is famous for all kinds of performance art, what with the bed in and so forth. So yeah, I think journalism took a pass on his case. Well, of course, we have to remember the bed in was done with perfect seriousness. If right. you go back to that period of time, I mean, it sounded outlandish, but he had a real genuine purpose in mind. And I missed, by the way, by one day interviewing him when he was in Toronto. I was working at a radio station in Vermont. You see how old I am now, right? And I got the tip from my friend over at one of the wire services. He's up there. Try it. I was a day late. What a great memory. You know what? You should just start telling everyone you did. Nobody will know. And uh, I'm kidding, because that's how history can get revised. It's a great example. And that's why it's important for researchers to look at other cases that have happened before, even the ones that are being taken for granted as, oh, well, that's the way this happened. Because a lot of articles of faith about how certain cases happened uh, don't hold up under increasing investigation, sometimes the cases get better. And sometimes you just realize, wow, so this person said this to that person, that person said said it to this person, this reporter wrote about it, but they got the fact wrong. And now that fact that's wrong is accepted as an article of faith on this case by everyone who ever talks about it. And it never hurts to go back in and try to, to get it right. I think that's something that we need to be doing, although I do understand uh, why so much attention is is current about these Navy cases. Oh, and I know the other thing I just wanted to bring up about that, because you said, we were talking about the, the report. Sometimes you learn things by seeing what's in something, but you also learn things by seeing what's not. What's not in that report is any cooperation by the U.S. Air Force. 
The report seems almost entirely based on Navy incidents, and it looks like the Air Force took a pass on it, which is pretty crazy given the Air Force and their history with everything going from those early reports in the 40s and 50s were all investigated by the Air Force. Blue Book was an Air Force project, and yet there's the Air Force not being a part of it. Kind of ironic, kind of questionable. Well, it's, it's justice in a way because the, all the Navy reports were, were virtually sealed for all these years. And I think a lot of people have suspected a greater Navy involvement all along. So this is balancing in a way. But I would certainly like to see some of those historical Navy reports and more current Air Force reports because the, they can't be the only uh, branch of service not experiencing well, it's, know, aerial phenomena. Kurt, it's an interesting uh, point also uh, on the um, NBC series Dark Skies that I uh, co-created. One of the things we did, Majestic Twelve, was actually sort of a character in the series. It was, you know, it was part of the series. But we had the guy who ran Majestic Twelve was not an Air Force officer. He was a guy uh, from Naval Intelligence. And we got that, uh, and and we had people contact us who said they were from Naval Intelligence. My partner on that had a neighbor who was involved in the UFO storyline, and that neighbor was uh, Reagan's uh, undersecretary of the Navy, things like that. And that's just my personal experience. But if you go through the history books, the Navy's been all over this, and why wouldn't they be? The Navy travels the world, whereas the Air Force tends to be based in certain locations. Uh, they don't fly their planes around the world on a regular basis like we uh, travel our ships around the world. So, yeah, some of the greatest cases around are naval cases, and we're starting to realize that these aren't all just flying objects. Some of them are uh, underwater submersible objects, and some of them are transmedium objects. So, yeah, bring on the Navy. That's what I say. Yeah, but there's a general perception now, and when we get to things like MJ-12, that it was – Faked, and we kind of know who faked it. Well, okay, you know that certain documents were faked. I mean, this is this is, gets into a whole arcane debate about about Majestic Twelve. The fact that certain documents were faked would not necessarily mean that they weren't based on something, nor would it mean that there wasn't an organization, whether it was called Majestic Twelve or something else, that existed. I think it's quite clear that. Uh, Harry Truman in 1947, with Roswell being dumped on his uh, desk, no doubts called together some of his best and brightest and said, you guys need to look into this. Well, that group had to be called something. You know, we can call it whatever you want to call it, but I've, I've never been convinced that because a few documents are suspect that it invalidates the idea that there was an organization created by the government in the 40s to try to look into this and get to the bottom of it. There's – oh, boy. Well, this, this sort of intersects a few points you've been talking about. Did you happen to see the recent story? It was on a blog, but spread to some news sources that uh, Professor Einstein had gone with a, a young assistant to view the bodies at Roswell. Did you happen to see that story? Yeah, I did. I listened to the um, the interview with uh, the woman who claimed that that was her experience. The um, it. It seemed pretty outlandish to me. She was describing nine bodies, which was, uh, I think, a new high. And, uh, of course, it was a telepathic interview with the aliens. 
the the interview who's promoting it, uh, not the interviewer, the, the the blogger, has come up with some pretty questionable material in the past, and it, it just seemed to me that was since uh, uh, Einstein was was interviewed, well, I mean, he gave, issued a comment from Princeton on July eighth that if that was true. How could he have been in Roswell to examine the body? So I, I'm not finding the story very credible. I mean, you know, was there anything that sounded genuine about it to you? Let's break here, then we'll continue. With Bryce and Gene and Kurt, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork. You know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the Tax Doctor and learn more. 800-985-1610. That's 800-985-1610. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, Kurt Collins, our guest co-host, asked our guest, Bryce Abel, a specific question about Einstein. What do you think, Bryce? Let's break that down. Uh, there's what what might Einstein have known versus whether the woman who claimed to be his assistant in 1947 and then speak in 1994 before her death about what they saw is is authentic. It seems like a stretch, and I wish there was more provenance for that tape. It's, it seems – I can't say that wasn't that woman, but I, I think if uh, somebody – 
would look into it, they they would be able to tell pretty quickly whether it was even the woman because there's people that knew her and and still are alive that could tell you whether that was her voice and whether she said those things. I saw something, again, I haven't had time to do the personal research into it, but I saw something that said that that woman would have been 17 years old in 1947. So it seems kind of unlikely to me that she's hanging around the fringes of people having telepathic conversations with aliens. So I would have to do what my uh, dear friend Stan Friedman used to say. I'd have to put that in the gray box and say, don't know enough whether that can be credible or not. Now, your other question, though, is about what do we think about Einstein? Well, listen, I think it's pretty clear that something unusual crashed in Roswell. And as I said, I think they may have uh, accidentally told the truth about it, in which case a, a group was formed, whether it was Majestic 12 or not, to look into it. And that group, no doubt, would have had some of the best military people of the time and some of the best sort of scientific people of the time brought to bear on this this issue. Certainly, Albert Einstein would have to be one of the potential people you'd talk to about it. But I've seen nothing in my investigations that would imply to me that he actually did. He seems to have denied it more than most. You almost have to take him at his word at this point. He's not here to defend himself. And there isn't anyone who's written a, you know, an incredibly detailed book about Einstein and UFOs. So I, I, it's probably not authentic. I guess we should mention, before we get too far away, since, since you've discussed your show, Dark Skies, and that's pretty finely remembered by a lot of people for the way it treated the UFO subject. We had a, a question from Jordan, 1986. He wanted to talk about the way M MJ-12 was depicted and, and how it covered some historical events, uh, and he considered it a realistic approach. I'd like for you to talk a little bit about that, but the, the capper on his question was, you know, is there uh, any possibility that the show might be reborn? There's a lot to that. Let's let's start with this. This right now, today, we are celebrating the 25th anniversary of Dark Skies. So I can't believe that many years have passed. It was an NBC primetime series, and uh, it really did break some new ground. The idea was that a young, naive man, uh, I think he was 23 at the time, goes to Washington, D.C. in 1961 to be part of Kennedy's New Frontier and ends up actually, by his virtue of his ballsy research, gets himself recruited into Majestic 12 and suddenly becomes a, a man in black uh, and has to have a lead an entire secret life. Uh, the people who remember it fondly remember it because we tried to weave historical events from the 60s in with UFO events and uh, try to come up with kind of a seamless presentation of that. The series ran on screen from 1961 through 1967, Summer of Love. Of course, it was on the air in 96 and 97. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I feel fond about it, and I, I wish I could get it uh, rebooted. I have an, a great idea for how to reboot it. I'd love nothing more than to get to reshoot that pilot again or something with today's uh, phenomenal and better uh, special effects, but I don't own it. 
Sony owns it. Writers in America don't get to own their copyrights as they do in Britain and other places. So Sony would be the only place that could determine to remake Dark Skies. But there is one interesting aspect. Just because I can't remake Dark Skies doesn't mean I've lost my voice and lost my ability to tell stories. So I'm currently in the market right now with a one-hour drama called UAP that is sort of the present-day bookend to Dark Sky's historical uh, take. I'm very proud of this UAP. I think it's a, a stellar piece of work, and I'm very happy with it. And, you know, maybe I'll get lucky, and maybe we'll be back on TV with something something that would pair up nicely with it. Well, it certainly is in vogue for TV producers and networks to reboot or bring back shows, like we have CSI Las Vegas, where they mix two or three of the original characters with a brand new group of CSIs. It's a 10-episode run, I believe, but don't know how well it's doing, but that's an example at least of an effort sure. to try to do that. we got Magnum P.I., of course, it came back, and Hawaii Five-O did 10 years. So certainly there could be reasons. The show SWAT was yeah. based on an older TV show that wasn't that successful. Yeah, although... Most of the ones you just mentioned were successful, and so they're, sure. they're hoping the lightning will strike again, whereas Dark Skies was pre-DVR, all right, and which meant that we were on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock, and we got preempted multiple times in that time slot by sports events and various other things, and, uh, uh, and I don't really know anyone that that tries to stay home Saturday nights at eight o'clock. Most people are trying to be out at dinner with friends or seeing movies or going to a concert or doing anything. And so it was really hard to build an audience. And so as a consequence, even though the, the numbers of people who watch dark skies now would make it a complete and radical hit because the numbers on shows are just smaller today than they were, but for its time, it was considered, you know, something NBC floated and, and uh, you know, wasn't able to get, garner the, the huge audience. So it would be unusual for someone to go back and want to reboot it. I've certainly tried. I have never uh, lost an opportunity to tell someone they ought to reboot it. Um, but right now, the only way people can see that original series even is they can't, it, it's not streaming anywhere. And the reason it doesn't stream is it was shot in 4 by 3 not 16.9. And so as a consequence, they kind of want things that look um, exactly, you know, that look new in that regard. So it's not streaming, but the best place you can see it is, is a, um, uh, there's a DVD set put out by Shout Factory. And uh, when I heard they were going to do it, I said, you know, if you're really going to do this, I want you to do it right because there's a lot of fans and this may be their first time to sit down and watch all the episodes one after another, uh, another. So I actually helped them with that. They did a four-hour documentary on the series. They have all the episodes. They have alternate episodes. They have uh, Easter eggs galore. It's a beautiful piece. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, I don't make a dime from it, but I don't care. Um, I'm happy that people get a chance to to see Dark Skies and appreciate it because I'm very proud of that work and and I think it has stood the test of time. And uh, even though Dark Skies may not be correct in all its 
in, in all the things that it said, because it was a dramatic series with dramatic license. I do think once we acknowledge to ourselves that the UFOs are real and that becomes a, a more legitimate thing to say out in public, then there's going to be an entire group of people, uh, historians, who set to work trying to tell the story of our country through the prism that includes UFOs. And uh, I think it will be looked at fondly at that time because it is close to what the work they're going to have to do to, to put that all together. Well, that's an interesting thing, too, because I mentioned earlier Roswell. And the reason why I mentioned it is because today a lot of the evidence that we have is based on people remembering things that happened 30 years previously. So we have something that happened in 1947, and 31 years later, in 1978, suddenly the memories come pouring forth, and we don't know how pop culture might have altered it. I know that someone I'm sure you know, Kevin Randall, spent many years exploring Roswell, and he wrote a book called Roswell in the 21st Century, which was published maybe five years ago. And there he concludes a lot of what we assumed appeared to be true the evidence kind of sort of falls apart when you look at it. We've got more to come with Bryce, Gene, Kurt. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about after the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Folks, looks like food shortages are here and going to stick around. Supply chains are breaking down, and inflation is back with a vengeance. It's all part of the shortage economy. What used to be unthinkable is now in the headlines. Are you ready? Do you currently have a stockpile of emergency food at home? If not, go to MyPatriotSupply.com today, and you'll find an emergency food kit that's right for you and your family. My Patriot Supply is the largest preparedness company in America, serving millions of families like yours. Pick up a three-month food kit that stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage. The meals in the kit provide over 2,000 delicious calories a day. That's important when you need to survive. Order from MyPatriotSupply.com and your food will ship fast in unmarked boxes to protect your privacy. Don't wait for permission or more empty store shelves. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com now. MyPatriotSupply.com 
Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. We have all seen and perhaps used the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you ever noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? With bacteria and virus problems, sanitizers and hand washing are the first line of defense against infectious disease. GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements as set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration as a first aid antiseptic. When it comes to sanitizers, it only makes sense that it lasts till the next application and doesn't dry and crack your skin, inviting infection. For long-lasting alcohol-free sanitizing, come to GCNteam.com keyword antibacterial. That's GCNteam.com, antibacterial, or call 877-878-4203, 877-878-4203. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Bryce Zabel talking about Roswell again, a lot of the stuff falls apart, specifically stories about aliens seen connection with the crash. And his conclusion in the book, basically, it's a very long book. I mean, it's a, you really have to spend the time looking at it because he's chasing lots of footnotes, is that something happened. He doesn't know what it was. It does not appear to be anything experimental or a balloon or anything. But we probably never know. And that brings us to the bigger question here because you've obviously did a series about secrets. Something happened in 1947. Maybe it was a spaceship. Number one, how do you keep it secret for all these years? Number two, what do they know? I mean, if there's a spaceship on ice somewhere at Wright-Patterson or Area 51 or anything, how could you have that thing sitting there with scientists presumably going over it without some really significant information being leaked that we could really, really nail down? The second question was, how do you keep it on ice? What was the first question? And just the fact that things don't seem to have held up very well. Oh, well, when you go okay. through all the evidence, they don't seem to have held up very well. You so know, you're left with something that happened, but the testimony is contradictory. People change their stories. You're dealing with stuff that dates 31 years later forward. Well, it's more than 31 years later. Uh, next it was year. when they first came out. 
I know. But next year, 2022, will be the 75th anniversary of the Roswell crash. I think that's going to generate a lot of uh, interest and news and articles. And I think the articles this year will have a, a more of a journalistic edge because this will be a time when uh, everyone's hunting the story of crash wreckage. All right. I have a lot of respect for Kevin Randall. I haven't met him. I know his former partner, Don, better. I just respectfully don't see it that way. I I don't agree. I think that Roswell is a case that is exotic in technology and in occupants. And uh, the truth is, I think we can get the truth out eventually. And I would look for the first bricks in the wall coming down on the Roswell case actually starting to come down next year. You ask a great question. How do you keep something on ice like that over the years? Well, there's a lot of ways. I mean, as Stan Friedman used to always say, you know, they kept the Manhattan Project secret, and that was many tens of thousands of people, and they managed to keep that secret. So you can keep secrets when it's worthy of keeping the secret. But I take your point. This is a big one. And if they actually had occupants and they actually had a craft, uh, and that's on ice someplace, how is it that uh, we don't know about it? Well, okay, that presupposes that this is a secret and, and a knowledge that is passed on routinely from generation to generation. We're talking about 75 years, but that's not the way information gets classified. Information gets compartmentalized, and so does evidence, right? So I'm not saying it's exactly like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark where there's a giant warehouse where it's sitting there and nobody gets to look at it. It's more like the amount of people that get to know about it gets smaller every year, all right? They're not bringing more people in and doing tours of the Roswell wreckage. So my take on the, the wreckage is it, it exists. I'm sure the bodies exist. It doesn't mean that there's lots of people that have seen it or, or know about it at this point. In fact, what tends to happen on a big secret like that is they can almost fall out of common knowledge among uh, even the people who are the secret keepers. If you're not one of the people that gets to see it and people don't talk about it, then it really didn't happen in your head. I do think there will come a time when there are open hearings and those hearings will first take on many of the issues that we're talking about that are present tense issues today. And they're certainly not going to take on John Lennon's UFO sighting, but they are going to take on Roswell. And there are probably documents uh, that still exist, even though they tended to say they lost all of them uh, previously. But uh, there's going to be documents. There's going to be court challenges. And I think someday, maybe not in my lifetime, but someday people are going to haul out what crashed at Roswell and get a darn good look at it. Right. But you still have supposedly a flying saucer that crashed in one form or another. That's what if I you look at the original report. It was really intact until it became wreckage. And you've had it somewhere. Scientists would have somewhere gone to look at what's happening to look at the technology, see if they can learn something from it. Well, with, I think they did. But what has happened over the years? Eisenhower talked about it in 61 with the military-industrial complex. The fact that the military got first crack at the Roswell wreckage and other wreckage, all right, doesn't mean that it stayed in the military's uh, possession. Because, again, if the military has it or the government has it, then those 
entities are responsible when it comes to FOIA requests and other things. The best thing to do if you're the military or the government and you have a hot potato like wreckage or bodies is to farm it off to private enterprise, which are not subject to the same security provisions that the government is. And, and that's another way to keep these things uh, secret. I think what crashed in Roswell was a craft, and I believe that it, it involved um, occupants not of this earth. And some private company somewhere I, has well, the today, wreckage, probably. and so they communicate with some kind of dark project within the government to speak of the well, progress, or do they no, just I, stick it away somewhere? Well, both. I think that the, I, you know, there's enough stuff that's been looked at over the years. The Roswell wreckage may have been studied and, and sort of classified and, and put on the shelf because there's been new stuff to come online since then. Uh, so who, who knows who actually has possession and how many people know about it and, and that kind of thing right now. I, I think that that is a fair question and we don't know the answer. So there is that. Uh, but I do think uh, private enterprise has had a, a really big role to play within this, and you don't have to take my word for it. That seems to be what uh, Harry Reid has been saying, and certainly uh, when he was talking about it, he wanted to go look at crash wreckage, and he wanted to go look at uh, Lockheed Martin, and they wouldn't let him in. I mean, that's pretty revealing stuff. And then you have Lou Elizondo saying that there is crash wreckage. There's crash wreckage. Now, how much of it, I don't know. Um, why we have it, I'm not entirely sure. I just think we've got it. Oh, but you'd mentioned um, with, with the Roswell anniversary about, about journalists pursuing things further, which reminded me in, in the opening remarks about how you were talking about a debate moderated by an involved uh, reporter or moderator. Sure. How would that ever happen? Because most journalists are they they hop into a UFO story and they announce it and it's over. They they really don't have any depth uh, of of knowledge and sometimes they present some pretty um, shady characters alongside reputable researchers. So you know, how can we improve with well, the the way the media treats things? We'll have that answer in our next segment with Bryce and Gene and Kurt Kurin, the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. 
Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Former President Bill Clinton is expected to be discharged today from a California hospital where he's been since a few days ago. He was at California Irvine Medical Center since Thursday with a urinary tract infection, which became a blood infection. A spokesperson says, though, he's made great progress. And after one more overnight, so they can continue to monitor him and give him antibiotics, he is expected now to be discharged sometime today. This news is getting great reviews, especially from those who work in the entertainment industry as a major Hollywood strike has been avoided at just about the last minute. Some 60,000 International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees members were going to strike on Monday, but a deal reached on Saturday evening on a new three-year contract will now stop that from happening, although the members do have to still take the ratification vote on that deal. And this is USA Radio News. The CDC is now urging all Americans to be vaccinated for the holidays, issuing new COVID-19 guidelines saying because, quote, holiday traditions are important for families and children, those eligible to get vaccinated should do so, getting those shots to protect those who cannot. The guidance also says having parties and gatherings outdoors will still be safer than having such gatherings indoors. Mick Jagger firing back at Sir Paul McCartney after McCartney recently said the Rolling Stones were just a blues cover band. During a SoFi Stadium Stones concert, Jagger defended his bandmates against those insults, he said, from the former Beatle. More than 40 years ago, John Lennon had said the Stones, when compared to the Beatles, quote, are not in the same class, music-wise or power-wise, so it probably hit a nerve with Jagger. And you're listening... To USA Radio News. Angie's list is now Angie, and getting your to-do list done just got easier. Between back to school and with the holidays around the corner, it can feel like there's no time to tackle home projects. Whether you need help with emergency repairs or major upgrades, Angie matches you with top local pros who can get the job done right. Browse reviews, see upfront pricing, and instantly book hundreds of projects. Save time for what matters most. Book your next project at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Oh, whale! Guys, whale! Wow, whale. Oh, that's a big whale. Um, okay. Whale, whale, whale! Oh, no! Whale! Tides can turn quick on the water. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Get a quote today in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. At least it wasn't a shark, am I right? (laughs) Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, picking a journalist with the depth of knowledge 
to be able to handle the debate, the great debate on this subject, Bryce Sable? Well, I'm not going to be an apologist for all media from all time. Uh, Mistakes have been made, big ones. Journalists have not stepped up and done the job that they need to have done. But to find a journalist who actually could get up to speed on the topic uh, shouldn't be too hard. If you think about it, even on that 60 Minutes piece, uh, the correspondent there had to do a little homework to figure out what he was doing. And there are other journalists. Uh, I can't remember his name now, but there's a NBC uh, reporter who has done a lot of work on this. And there's others. I, I, I'm not too worried about that. First, you'd have to get to where you want to have a debate, and some you'd have to probably sell the rights to it to to somebody, and they would have uh, whoever that entity would be would probably have a lot of interest in who moderated such a debate. But what I would say to Neil deGrasse Tyson, if I was debating him, is like, okay, it's got to be mutually agreed upon. You know, we'll both pick somebody to be a moderator that I agree on and you agree on. I think that's easily doable in the same way that we could decide together uh, where we wanted to do the debate, how long it should be, and any kind of rules uh, or ground rules for it. None of that stuff is hard. Let's go to the larger issue, though, for a second. Journalism. I think we are about to see an explosion of UFO journalism. I base this because of uh, the way Dolan and I broke down after disclosure was we tried to look back at historical precedent and say, does it have anything to tell us about UFOs in present day? Let's take a look at the greatest journalistic effort that we remember in our lifetimes, and that would be the Watergate investigation. Well, what happened with Watergate is that Woodward and Bernstein, yes, broke the story and, in fact, uh, struggled to tell the story against a lot of pushback, but ultimately did push the story. But then once they pushed it through, they didn't own it. Then every other newspaper started trying to break their own scoops, and television networks tried to uh, break scoops of their own. I think that's what's going to happen. Yes, the New York Times got to break the uh, December of 2017 story, but that doesn't mean the New York Times owns UFOs. They may wish they did. They may be in a contest for it, but you're going to see more and more organizations get involved in it for the simple reason that it's a really juicy story. And if it's true, I know it's true myself, but I'm talking about from the the journalistic perspective, if they think it might be true, then it is the biggest story they'll ever report in their careers. So some of them are going to come forward and try to get involved in it. You are going to see the mid to late 20s in an explosion of investigative journalism on the UFO topic. Okay, so as soon as we see a few stories, the fact of competition will enter the fray, and that's therefore other reporters for other mediums will say, okay, let's get in on the action here. It's good for ratings. I think so. I think competition uh, is bred into not only the American fiber, but it's certainly uh, bred into journalism. I'm a trained journalist myself. I went to school at the University of Oregon uh, School of Journalism, got my degree there. I've worked for CNN as an on-air correspondent. I was an investigative reporter at PBS, um, and uh, I've been a general assignment reporter and anchor in uh, several local markets. I, I, I know what journalism 
is like. I know what causes people to uh, to do what they do, and I am I am pretty sure that there are lots of journalists uh, in in local and in national uh, settings who would like to talk about this story because it's so damned interesting. And the only thing that's been holding them back is this this stigma that has traditionally been attached to it. And I think. The one thing we might all agree on right now is that the stigma of talking about it, Neil deGrasse Tyson notwithstanding, is lessening. Uh, it w- like, for example, in that CNN interview that I, we started talking about, it was Anderson Cooper that brought it up. You know, Tyson didn't bring it up. Anderson Cooper said, and what about these uh, UFOs that uh, people have been seeing? What's your take on that? I think there is a hunger to talk about it for two reasons. Uh, it's extremely interesting and compelling to the actual reporters themselves. And second of all, their audiences have been shown to really want to know more about it. So that's a pretty potent combination. So yeah, Gene, I agree with you. I think uh, I think what's going to happen is there's going to be competition and competition sells soap and it'll sell UFOs. Okay, so it's 11 or 12 years after AD, after disclosure was released, depending on which version of the book we're talking right. about it's 2021 when may we expect something to happen beyond the current level well okay let's talk about what disclosure might or might not mean um i'm going to use a hollywood metaphor here there are two kinds of disclosure you can have and they're sort of what uh, hollywood would call either a hard cut uh, or a slow dissolve right and hard cut disclosure is you know, one of these things falls out of the sky and uh, it falls into the middle of Cleveland and knocks a couple of buildings down and they can't hide it and it becomes the biggest story and boom, you're in Disclosureville. All right. The slow uh, dissolve uh, way is what we're in right now. We are literally in slow dissolve disclosure where a little bit happens, a little bit happens. It become more people seem to accept it. Um, we're not quite there yet. There's still a lot of pushback from skeptics and so forth. Um, not everybody is on board. In fact, most people don't even think about it. That's the slow dissolve we're in. So to your question, which is when do let, – so let's call disclosure the moment when the great majority of people admit we're not alone and some other intelligence is visiting us and has been. Let's just call it that for sake of argument. Let's not call it extraterrestrial. Let's not call it time travelers. Let's not call it ultra-dimensional or anything. Let's just say there's another intelligence that appears to be non-human that is interacting with us now. At what point does the majority of the world's population believe that is what I'm going to call disclosure? And your question is, when do we get there? Well, prediction is a dangerous thing. And um, I have a friend who predicts that disclosure is going to happen next year. And he says it every year. And he's always been wrong. But one year he's going to be right. Okay. I'm not going to do that. I think that there is a possibility of a fast race to global disclosure by as early as 2025. But if I had to bet on when we literally cross the threshold where the majority of the people go, we're not alone, and yet they may not be freaking out about it because it's 
of how it was handled or mishandled, whoever knows. But I would say we're going to get there no later than 2035 and probably by 2030. Well, of course, the chances I'll be around to talk about it with you may be slim to none. We'll see. Of course, you know, see, people live longer. That's so great about predicting, Gene. You see, I get to predict, and uh, you're not going to be there to check my work. It's great. Hey, that's right. This way you can get away with anything. I kind of look at a gradual thing where yeah. you keep feeding more and more information every year, and one day you wake up, and we all know about it. That's, but there's no major revelation anywhere along the line. And that makes public acceptance easier because it's just part of it, part of our life. See, I agree with you. I think that that is what is planned and going on now. But what do we know about plans? Plans change. And what do we also know? What you're saying is exactly what's going on right now. Probably will be how it all rolls out because humans in authority are, have made a decision in some way, shape, or form to sort of stumble toward this this revelation. Okay. Let's do our break here. We've got more with Bryce, Gene, and Kurt. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S.com. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. 
Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veterans nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. We know that the 1% globalist elites have hijacked and subverted the U.S. economy, culture, and government. The battle to take America back begins with Scott McKay, the Patriot Street Fighter, and his Advancing the Fork and Line Tour. Now here's Scott. Hi, this is Scott McKay, better known as Patriot Street Fighter, the high-octane, full-throttle truth hammer, and I'm bringing the Advancing the Fork and Line Tour to a city near you. I and a host of other speakers will be on stage with an arsenal of issues from health rights, human rights, and the freedom given to us by the founding fathers who drafted the Constitution for the United States of America. This is a ticketed event, and you can get tickets at PatriotStreetFighter.com. I'm looking forward to personally seeing many of you there. The Patriot Street Fighter advancing the Fork and Line Tour tickets can be purchased at PatriotStreetFighter.com. For tour dates and information, or to purchase your tickets, go to PatriotStreetFighter.com. That's PatriotStreetFighter.com. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Before we go on, Kurt, any more questions from the forum, or should we persist? Well, we had one that uh, we sort of touched on before, but I'm going to kind of twist. It was a question from Richard Hawkins. He wanted to know about the UAP task force, and he wondered if it was a cover for the military-industrial complex and its black projects. So you can ask that. I just want to add my own sort of twist on that for you to comment on the fact that traditionally in ufology, speaking in entertainment terms, the heavy has always been the government who's been covering up and hiding things. And in the recent UAP news since 2017, all of a sudden we've had some ex-government officials, some current leaks and such, and people are expecting them to provide the answers, particularly so now with the new UAP task force. So if you can handle that two-part question, what do you think about that? So what is the question exactly? I just I lay okay. that question on me one more time then. Okay. All right. So the UAP task force, do we trust them? Or, or is this going to be providing oh. cover for military projects? Oh, I get it. Okay. Well, I would say this. Not every question has an either or answer, right? And sometimes two things can be true at the same time. So I think the, the UAP task force can be legitimate and have its own agenda and funding and and resources and all of that. And at the same time, there can be a strong military 
or uh, or private enterprise or whatever component to the whole thing, uh, and that these things sort of weave in and out of each other. I personally think that there are, in the same way that during the Vietnam War we had hawks and doves, I think there are hawks and doves about disclosure. And the interesting thing about that, let's call the the hawks the one. I don't know whether you now I'm having trouble with my own definition. Are the hawks the ones that want to do it right away? Let's call them that for for now. The the thing is, the people who want to do it right away have one thing in their power. They can sort of push it out. It's a lot harder to hold something in than it is to push it out, right? So the possibility that we're going to come up on something unusual and um, something revelatory is probably stronger than it's it's going to continue to amble on, even though I, I tend to agree with Gene. Now, I don't know if that answers any question, because I really don't. If, if the nature of the question is, who's really in charge of this thing? I tend to think that it's like a lot of things in this country. There are power centers, and, and they are in competition with each other. And the one thing that has united them historically over the last 75 years has been the idea that whatever we do, let's keep this kind of hush-hush. It does appear to me that at least some of them have now decided hush-hush is not the plan anymore for reasons that I think are unclear. I'm not clear on why they're pushing ahead, but it seems clear that they are. Well, one thing we kind of argue about or debate about is how much do presidents know? Mm. How much did Trump know? How much did Obama? How much did Joe Biden? Because he's been in government service for 50 years. It's a great question. I would say I don't think that Trump probably knew a lot. Uh, He may have known or thought he knew uh, that they were authentic. But in his own sort of mind, he he dealt with that in kind of a jokey way, I guess. I think if you look at Biden and Obama, who are sort of more traditional presidents in that regard, who sort of operate in a more traditional way about, and, and, and understand how security and, and classification and all that work, I don't think they probably – have or had deep understanding, but I bet both Biden and Obama and, and frankly, even uh, Bush before them all knew that there was an authentic reality to the UAP issue, very similar to what the, the report has just said. Uh, if you're looking for people deep within it who are presidents, I think it's very clear that uh, the first George Bush, uh, George H.W. Bush, who was a former CIA director, probably knew a a whole lot, and maybe most of it. And I think probably the same could be said for Dwight Eisenhower uh, back in the day. I think Kennedy knew a little bit. Nixon knew a little bit. Carter was sort of prevented from knowing too much, as it seems clear was Ford. And Reagan, I think, knew more than a little bit. But that's those are just my takes. What I ask about this is because we have statements from two former CIA directors, Brennan and Woolsey, saying Mm -hmm. basically something appears to be happening. I'd like to know more about it. But you think somebody who was the head of the CIA, wouldn't he be in the know? I would hope. I would think so. And it may be that that is their own clever way of talking about it without uh, breaking their own, you know, classification. Uh, It's really hard to know at that level. Clearly, those two gentlemen you just mentioned 
clearly know that whatever is happening is unconventional, right? I mean, their statements are pretty freaking clear. You, you don't have to be a, a complete genius to say they know something. Do they know everything? I bet they know pretty close to everything to the extent, and this is where it gets weird, isn't it? To the extent that it's possible to know everything. I, I tend to think that as this becomes more and more common, as we sort of inch toward disclosure, we're going to realize that one of the reasons that disclosure was so long in coming is that it is not yet clear to anybody exactly what's happening or that the best theories about what is happening are so odd and and so not of a type that you want to go and say to the people, this is what's going on, uh, that that's led to it. I mean, think about it. I, I don't care whether you're the president or the pope or the UN secretary general. If there were uh, more than um, one kind of uh, non-human intelligence engaging with us, uh, and if some of them we suspected were hostile and some were not, and uh, they included uh, ultra-terrestrials and they included time travelers, I mean, how how do you disclose that to the American people in a nice soundbite? You know, it's just too complex. So you have theories. Um, but I think at some point, somebody has taken the position in the last, say, five uh, to ten years that this is a show that is happening anyway. And so we better uh, move it forward so we can manage it as successfully as possible. To the extent they can manage it. Yeah, to the extent. Well, and they probably can't. However, can they manage it better than just letting it break and become a, a, a panic room? Uh, turn the world into a total panic room. Uh, yeah, they probably think they can try to do that. And and in fact, they're probably, you know, probably the solution for that is exactly what Gene said, which is, you know, a little bit of daylight at a time until one day you wake up and you go, wow, it's morning. When did that happen? Hmm. Kurt, do you so, want to pop in here? Well, I was going to say that. Uh, so part of the reason I think that uh, the topic has gained ground is that they have focused on um, – so the sensor data, the, the videos and things, and the, the uh, you know the, the claims of abductions and a lot of the extravagant things that that sold UFO magazines long ago have uh, have been downplayed, you know, and so military witnesses and things like that. So, um, and I guess one of the big problems I think has always been that uh, people like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson are um, they are. If depicting ufology as a stereotype and that some of the extremists and the, the really outlandish material, they don't differentiate that from military witnesses. I, I think that's a big problem. I don't really have a question with that, but if you can reflect on that, that'd be great. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, buried in what you were saying, though, uh, you was the first time any of us, I think, have uttered the word abductions. Uh, I think that that's the big question mark in all of this right now, are they real? Um, are, are some of them real, but others aren't real? Um, what, you know, what's really going on with that? Uh, because I, I, I don't think it's probably a good idea uh, for humans to feel that we're being taken like lab animals and, and tagged and re released back into the wild. I, 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 I just feel myself that there are so many being reported 
um, that there can't quite that it, it leads me to believe two things. And again, this is just my impression. You guys probably I'd be curious on your impression. My impression is some of them have been real. And my impression is that some of them uh, have been distorted over the years. And in fact, when every UFO conference now has experiencer sessions, that's kind of encouraging more reports. And and I don't know, it would be astonishing to me if all of the ones that are reported are real. What do you guys think? Well, we're going to break now. We'll have one more segment with Bryce Zabel and Gene and, of course, with Kurt. You're in the Paracast. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S dot com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veterans nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Bryce Sable joining us here for one more segment, and then we'll continue our discussions of all the issues raised with regard to any of this. With regard to abductions, we have run a few shows with regard to the one in Pascagoula, Mississippi, with Hickson and Parker, and Calvin Parker's still around, although he's been ill health recently. But last week we had Dr. Irina Scott, who wrote a book called Beyond Pascagoula, where she finds another possible abduction case, where she finds other people seeing things, 
And the issue we find when we're looking at abductions is the creatures described by Tixon and Parker, the creatures described by Barney and Betty Hill are quite different from the creatures that Whitley Strieber describes. And the more recent cultural phenomenon involving abductions is more like the gray aliens in communion. So where do we take that? Different creatures or other experiences that are being tailored to our cultural expectations? Well, do you think that some of them are real? That's a good question. I met Betty Hill many years ago, and I talked with her, and she was a really gracious lady, and she was sincere. But then there's one case also that bothers me. Someone who wrote a book with Kathleen Martin, Denise Stoner, who's a psychic and an abductee, and she tells of the case where she's abducted. She meets this woman aboard the spaceship. They exchange notes within the body of the abduction experience. And then after it's over, they get in touch with each other. Each of them remembers this encounter. How the heck did that happen? What's going on here? I don't know. I know that a lot of people are, are, are pained by what has happened or what even what they believe has happened to them. I know based on, you know, things like the Skinwalker Ranch and all that, that there's a spiritual, metaphysical, paranormal aspect to the UFO UAP issue that I really can't quite 100% figure out in my own head. So I don't want to put anybody down. I don't want to doubt anybody. I don't want to increase anybody's pain. It's just a mystery to me. I'd like to add one thing, though, because I do have, you know, I mentioned that we've been doing some uh, investment investigative journalism over at uh, On the Trail of the Saucers, which again, whatifufos.com will take you there. But one of the things we looked into was the Betty and Barney Hill case, because um, I think you know that I have Kathy Martin's book under option, and we're out with a, a television series version of it called Captured. But one of the things I started looking into was challenging assumptions that have always existed for years. So the assumption for years has always been, well, you know, a book came out called The Interrupted Journey, and that's when people first heard about the Betty and Barney Hill case, right? And that's not actually true. I found a enormous amount of detail about the guy who actually broke the case. And since we've talked so much about journalism, I want to say this guy is the unsung hero of UFO journalism. His name was John Luttrell Sr. He worked for the Boston Traveler in 1965, October of 65. He broke the story of uh, Betty and Barney Hill in a five-part series in the Traveler a full year before Fuller's book ever came out. Luttrell spent two entire years researching the case. He talked to um, numerous friends and family members of the Hills, tried to talk to the Hills. They refused to talk to him. He even found witnesses that could corroborate a sighting that same night. And so John Luttrell has been sort of unfairly vilified over the years by people who want to support the Hills version of events uh, because they've said basically that you know he violated their confidentiality. In fact, it even it even says on the Betty and Barney Hill sign in New Hampshire that Betty and Barney were never public with their story until it was leaked in the Boston Traveler. Well, a couple of things. Betty and Barney Hill were very public with their story in careless ways prior to it, and that's how he heard about it. And secondly, you don't leak stories 
if you're a newspaper, you report stories. Occasionally, people will leak information to you. Anyway, I just want to put a hail out there to uh, John Luttrell Sr., who actually broke the Betty and Barney Hill story and deserves more credit than he has ever gotten. I think the big question here is, with these particular cases, if they're related, it opens up a can of worms because it's no longer whether UFOs are possible threats to national security. If they're kidnapping people, what else could it be? It doesn't sound good to me. Uh, I I don't think, uh, you know, I I hear that people sometimes have it happen and and think that it's it's kind of an okay thing. Uh, I sure wouldn't feel that way. I find most of the cases I read about to be disturbing. I I just find that that's probably if you if you think about it an answer to why the UAP task force report sort of acts like it started in 2004 and it's all nuts and bolts and sensors and radar data and and so forth because that at least is data that you can get your arms around and you can try to understand and you can use that to convince people who are not convinced about the reality of UAP UFO. Uh, whereas abductions uh, and some of the more paranormal parts of it are, you know, are not data. They, they are something else. So, for example, I saw Lou Elizondo being interviewed uh, not too long ago, uh, about a month ago, I think. And he was frustrated with the idea of abductions because from his point of view, it seemed like, you know, I can't do anything with that. It's not actually data. I can't use that to prove a case or not prove a case. Somebody experienced something, right? But I can't, I, I can't quantify that, whereas I can with sensor data and so forth. So I think we've got a couple of tracks going on in the UFO thing. The other thing we're going to find out is as disclosure picks up and more of these journalists kick in and more reports are released, et cetera, et cetera, at some point after the public starts to say, okay, there are things flying around. We don't know what they are, and they don't look, you know, they look like they're being piloted by somebody that's not us, and they're from somewhere that isn't here. Okay, once people start to realize that, then the case of abductions can start to be taken a little more seriously, and probably will. Uh, and and I look forward to hearing more about that because some people that I, uh, you know, like John Mack, who I I thought uh, was a pretty profound profoundly good scientist about this thing um, he seemed to think they were real or or realistic um, and I'm just lost on it a little bit I mean I've used it as a dramatist I've written about uh, uh, abductions in dark skies um, I I certainly am talking about Betty and Barney Hill as an authentic abduction in our television series but me personally I don't know it's a, it's a very tough one. And Kurt, I'm, I'm curious, why don't you weigh in? What do you think? We only have well, about a minute, just, Kurt, so you got to be fast. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I agree with most of what, what you said. I, I, I find it very puzzling. I think that, you know, it may be more of a paranormal thing, uh, and some of it is psychological, but uh, I, I specialize in other areas. I'm curious, but uh, I, I need more information. Yeah. Well, it sums it up. It certainly does. Bryce Sable, for those who want to hear more of the things that you do, and there's a lot going on there, where do they go? Well, um, I would encourage people to drop by the 
the site that I, I'm most active on on Twitter, which is at Hollywood UFOs. So that's the Twitter side, at Hollywood UFOs. And then a URL that you can use is uh, www, of course, uh, whatifufos.com. And that will take you to the um, Medium articles that we've been writing. And uh, and if you're already a member of Medium, then you don't need that. Just uh, look me up and, and come see what we've been writing about. Avi Loeb, for example, is one of our contributors. So you get a lot of really good stuff at uh, on the Trail of the Saucers. And I'm eager for people to, uh, to take a look at it. And I want to share it with them. Well, we look forward to talking with you at greater length going forward as things progress. Bryce Abel. Thank you so much for joining us this week My on pleasure. the Paracast, and the show will continue. Now say something. Thank you, guys. I really do appreciate you having me on, and it was always it's always a good time and always something I learned from. So thank you again, and, and to all the people who are listening, thank you for being here. And remember, you're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. What better gift to give your loved ones than the gift of good health? And where better to buy those good health gifts than Sunny-Bay.com? Hey, it's great that you're hearing this message now because buying your holiday gifts from Sunny Bay early will save you money. And that's just one reason why Sunny Bay is in business and has been for over 15 years, helping you with fashionable and useful products for better health. See our unique and quality-made travel pillows or our unique neck and body wraps that help immediate pain relief and deep muscle relaxation. Come at a wide variety of uses. Apply hot or cold therapy and are all made in the U.S. See our great selection, affordable prices, and wonderful health products at sunny-bay.com. And remember, order early when our stock is high and shipping is fast. Just click sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. And happy holidays from Sunny Bay. Anyone can fall victim to moving fraud. Know your rights and responsibilities. There was never really a valid contract. Movers must always give written estimates. I was bound to an estimate, but it was after the fact. Be sure that any document is complete before signing it, and that it includes information to determine the final charges. It was a version that I had not seen before. Visit protectyourmove.gov to download a free moving fraud prevention guide. Search for registered movers and view their complaint histories. Move with confidence. It's been tough talking to my doctor about constipation with 
of belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. I finally laid all my symptoms out there and how they keep coming back. She said I may have irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. We agreed it's time to try something different. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Visit a doctor in person or online. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Have you ever thought about turning your Glock, XD family, or 1911 handgun into a semi-automatic carbine? It only takes about 30 seconds. The MacTech Carbine Upper is classified as an accessory and can be delivered right to your doorstep with no FFL or background check required. It's the world's most versatile pistol accessory. Build your custom upper today. Simply go to handgunconversion.com. That's handgunconversion.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. As we know, with people with deep-seated Hollywood connections, they have to operate on a specific schedule. So Bryce Zabel had to go, but Kurt Collins and I are going to stick around and also we'll continue in after the Paracast where we'll talk about UFO franchises. Hmm. So anyway, obviously we see that Bryce is trying to be careful But he accepts a few things that maybe we would like to question. What's your perception, especially when it comes to things like Roswell and what the government knows? Well, he takes a a lot of fundamental UFO beliefs to heart. You know, one of the questions I meant to get in there was, you know, what is something that he was less sure of or what did he find less credible? So I was really glad that, you know, he talked about abduction some, which is something that he's interested in, but... He's not committed to that the way that he is on some of these these other areas. So I thought that was that was really interesting to hear his views on that. Indeed. The perception there, of course, is that number one, he does have a tie-in because he's working with Kathleen Martin, but hasn't committed himself to what's going on. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a tricky issue and, and of course uh you know, she feels very strongly uh, but you know I've was uh, impressed with his approach and the breadth of knowledge and the, and the fact that he's trying to be an advocate for the topic. So it, it sounds like while he holds some pretty firm views, uh, he's really not really trying to shove his thoughts, beliefs, and positions on everyone else. And I, I was glad to, to hear about, you know, his idea for a debate was much more open than I thought it might be. And I hope that whether or not it goes forwards in that form, I do think it's a it's a good idea because so often discussions of UFOs rely on stereotypes and they really should be exploring some new ground. And it sounds like he's 
he he's continuing to learn about the the topic and what the UAP task force might do and you know different possibilities are out there and that's that's something that the the public and the media in general has has not really embraced yet they're still looking for little men and saucers well he takes a more measured approach which i think is very important because he's not jumping into both the quicksand and the river and the ocean to try to push something so uh were you a regular viewer of dark skies maybe many years ago yes i do have the dvd here with my collection except i haven't watched a dvd in a thousand years you know you spend 10 20 dollars for a couple of these streaming services every month and you don't have time so literally speaking i haven't had time to see it lately it would be nice for it to be streamed somewhere but as he says it was shot 4.3 not 16.9 which means it wasn't widescreen and this is one reason why many of the older shows don't get a presence but some do like one show that bryce worked on lois and clark the new adventures of superman that is on hbo max it's 4.3 it's not widescreen so it's possible some shows will be put on but that was a show that lasted four years and again it's dc comics so there's right. that but something that was a one season program among many one season programs i could see his problem it, it's easiest to market if they uh if they uh rely on that the x-files connection so and well you know there were some similarities with some strong differences to the show of course and you know, one of the things was the way that and he mentioned it moved from 1961 to 67. And you had cameos from people like there was a, they had a UFO story with Jim Morrison in it. I, re, I recall that one. I thought that was a, that was a attention getter. Yeah, it sounds like Legends of Tomorrow where they bring in real people and they kind of feature them and it adds a little cultural authenticity to something. Yeah, it isn't, it isn't President Unknown Name. Right. Or President Morgan Freeman or something. <laughs> yeah. So there is that. I mean, obviously, you know, he's in the middle of it here. He's a serious journalist with serious credentials. He's also a Hollywood producer. So he wants to produce product that's compelling, but he's taking kind of a middle-of-the-road approach. He doesn't want to come across like an advocate, but then he is pushing a particular system. So Roswell, for example. Then the big thing I mentioned about Roswell is, again, I said my piece in terms of how Kevin Randall concluded it, but I didn't add the X factor is, and this is one of my arguments, we'll go into more of it on After the Powercast. If we really captured a spaceship, would ET allow that to happen? Wouldn't they take measures to recover their craft so it doesn't get into the wrong hands? Or is that only on Star Trek? It's interesting the way that that, that, that has been handled in fiction. There was even some stories in the 50s on television where they uh, discussed the idea that the aliens had allowed something to fall into human hands to make a bulletproof metal or something along those lines 
So a lot of the, a lot of these ideas have um, have been played with before. Maybe not have really found a popular form there, but there's certain UFO ideas. You know, the government cover up and that the, there's no evidence because it's hidden. Those things have become basically cliches and in uh, fundamental beliefs. There's some other. There's some other ideas that have never caught on. You know, he, uh, Bryce t- touched on briefly the, the paranormal or maybe interdimensional aspect of, of UFOs. And that's, uh, that's rarely been touched on in fiction. I, sh- I would have, if he's back on, we need to ask him more about his, has he explored that in, in any of his projects? Well, I certainly would like to look at, again, all the things he takes as a given, like, okay, despite what Obama and Woolsey and Brennan and Mellon say, they did have some kind of inside knowledge. And they're just saying that to keep the discussion going or to move interest. Or maybe it is true that they don't know because we don't know because we try to take all this and just bury it. We don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem like it's a major threat. Let's just not talk about it. As he says, government information, top secret information is compartmentalized. So in this case, it's compartmentalized to the point where we don't look into it. We had Project Blue Book. It was a PR operation. After that, we get sightings. But unless they're forced to coalesce to bring it together, it's just as simple to ignore it. Pretend it does not exist because it doesn't fit within the four corners of their area of interest. More to come with Gene and Kurt. You're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. USA Radio News. I'm Brad Bernards. House Homeland Security Committee Ranking Member John Katko, Republican of New York, is warning that the supply chain could have graver repercussions than delayed delivery of gifts for the holidays, arguing on Fox's Cavuto Live it could have 
national security implications. This supply chain issue is is an inconvenience to some. It's an economic calamity to others. But it's also really a, a homeland security and a national security issue because if we don't start bringing some of these things back home, we're going to have a real problem. I think the best example is computer chips. Katko added that he believes the administration's push to increase taxes on corporations could further hinder companies from producing critical items domestically. Victoria will end its sixth long-running lockdown five days earlier than planned as the state races to its 70% fully vaccinated target. Premier Daniel Andrews made the announcement on Sunday. This is USA Radio News. In a report published Wednesday, the Wall Street Journal detailed how an increasing number of migrants entering the U.S. illegally at the southern border are part of South America's middle class and often fly to the Mexican border by plane. Senator Lindsey Graham shared how this works on Fox's Justice with Judge Janine. People get a tourist visa in Brazil, upper middle class, middle class people. They fly to Cancun on a tourist visa. They get a, uh, a bus or rent a car, drive to the U.S. border, get dropped off at the border with their luggage, and they check in with the Border Patrol, turn themselves in to get released in the United States. The Border Patrol agents in Yuma, Arizona are basically like hotel clerks. A record number of Brazilians have been arrested at the U.S.-Mexico border this year. Several influential industry groups, including the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, met White House officials on Friday and raised concerns about labor shortages and coronavirus testing requirements. This is USA Radio News. Extendivite really works. Here are some reviews from Amazon.com. John Hess, 5 out of 5 stars. Awesome. Probably my only review, but at age 40, I was getting bad heart throb and left arm pain, mainly before bed. I even stopped smoking and drinking sodas for a month, and that didn't work. After one day of taking Extendivite, it was gone and hasn't returned in three years. I've ordered Extendivite 13 times, so Amazon just said. Juliet Hordick. I've ordered this product before in liquid form. It is fantastic. My whole family's been on it. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So what do you think, Kurt Collins, our guest co-host? Do you think that may be another possibility? The government really doesn't know anything significant about UFOs because they've done everything not to pay attention. They don't want to pay attention unless they're forced kicking and screaming into doing it. I think that's pretty close to the truth. I'm, I'm far less convinced than Bryce is that there's all this good stuff, bodies and saucer parts in a, in a warehouse somewhere. There's no doubt there's been compelling sightings. There's radar signatures. There's, you know, thermal, the infrared film video of, of, of objects and things like that. And versions of that go back to whatever limited technology there was to 1947. So, and maybe before that with the Foo Fighters and World War II. So I don't think they do have good answers, and I think that's part of the reason for the secrecy. The military tends to be 
very closed-mouthed anyway about just what they know. They, they have to rely a lot on guesswork in some of these decisions, even in international matters. You had limited intelligence. So I think they're keeping their cards close to the chest because they don't want anyone to know what they don't know. So I think that's a lot of that's a lot of the reason for this secrecy, and it's always frustrating to the public when, when there's a present that they can't open. Well, the other thing here is we have other countries. We didn't mention this. We didn't go into it with Bryce. We have all these other countries, and unless we coordinate with them, they have different levels of interest in this subject. They make different decisions on how to treat this subject and what to do in the event there are things happening that they need to investigate. So do we share information? Is this the one area where the U.S. government and Russia and China must communicate because it's so important, or each one is tied into their own little toolbox? That's true. When we look at the different things that that the U.S. government does and how poorly coordinated it is with sharing information, implementing things, disaster relief, any of that. And then you imagine all of a sudden that if there's a UFO matter and there's coordination not only in the U.S., but with all these other superpower countries, and they're all doing it perfectly, and that only some of our rumors slip through and that's where our ufo news comes from i wouldn't buy that in a movie so i just don't think that's happening in real life it's it's not as that the ufo cover-up as it's imagined i think represents something a lot less spectacular so therefore maybe it is true then that they don't know they don't have any of the secret information now they don't have information obviously There are millions of pages of documents that people over the years exploring the Freedom of Information Act have recovered, like Barry Greenwood. John Greenwald has all this information. But other than lots of things being blacked out, nothing comes together. It's just a bunch of scattered stuff. That's true. I think think what it does, you know, if we did have more of these documents or at least the the lines that have been blacked out i think what we would see more often than not is just more examples of mysteries that have been well documented to some extent but probably not a lot of good answers so and, and you know one of the questions i was i had intended to ask bryce but i jumbled it up with something else so he didn't really get to that was that where are we going to get our answers from? You know, if are, are we are we just going to wait for uh, the government and who in government? You know, is it a politician that decides? Are they going to open up the books and say, "Here's here's your answer," you know, or is it independent scientists and researchers? You know, where where do we put our hope? I, I think I, I would rather I prefer something that's more proactive. I, I just and I don't think. The government can't tell us if they really don't have solid information anyway. Well, that would be so interesting after all these years of people saying silence group, secret space program, cosmic Watergate, and none of those things really exist. It sounds to me like the current interest in UFOs 
They were brought into it kicking and screaming. Partly to, shall we say, mollify some members of Congress. That's right. And there's there's still some confusion if, well, you know, one, one thing is there are always, probably always will be UFO mysteries. But is it possible that the Navy wanted funding for it to study enemy unmanned aerial vehicles and that they use this as a cover because the public would be interested and would approve the money to be spent? You know, that's that's a uh, I don't know if that's too far fetched and more of a conspiracy theory, but I think that there's some truth in that. But as Bryce was saying, there are very few absolutes in any of this, especially with the military or at least getting the, the final answer on it. You know, things can be done for more than one reason. And and the military in a lot of ways benefits from mystery associated with any confusion, it it gives them. Well, they don't want anything that that betrays their authority. Well, you just brought in something very interesting here. The UFOs represent an excuse because we're looking at the UFOs. Everybody's looking for spaceships, so they could be involved in even running test aircraft to see our reaction maybe kind of playing around with a few of the signals that are being received. And suddenly a lot of it is about test aircraft. But we're freaking out the Russians and the Chinese doing it. Well, you know, one thing that's always been confusing is from before the UFO term, flying saucer was used the same way to mean any unexplained thing. I mean, it just, it it was that the handy term for that. And when you have a label like that, anything unknown sort of gets that label. And I think that it's it's probably prevented some things from being uh, thoroughly investigated or an excuse for it. I mean, if it's if it's a UFO, then if the military doesn't bother to explain it or to admit that they were involved in something, it, it's a good it does provide good cover in that sense. Again, using it as an excuse. That's why, for example, I go back to something like Rendlesham that Bryce felt was genuine. And I think that was an experiment. And I think that may be true for Cash Landrum. What do you think? You've studied Cash Landrum rather extensively. I, I don't favor the, um, the military experiment in that scenario. But what I'll say about that is that one of the things Bryce said I really liked was it go back to the original documentation and rely less on what people tell you about what happened. And Cash Landrum is very much a um, case that was that was polluted by the the media attention, the UFO investigator who was packaging what he cared about, what he was interested. He had a prior interest in diamond-shaped UFOs. And it's, it's on, you know, he almost became an advocate and salesman for a product or maybe even a litigator and, you know, was, was giving you one side of the story. So the Cash Lanham case is very, um, 
there's a lot that has to be stripped away to try to get get to the truth there. It you know there may be a genuine encounter under all this the legends and and hype that's been attached to it, but I, I'm not sure. I think got more to come with Gene and Kurt. You're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. We know that the 1% globalist elites have hijacked and subverted the U.S. economy, culture, and government. The battle to take America back begins with Scott McKay, the Patriot Street Fighter, and his advancing the fork and line tour. Now here's Scott. Hi, this is Scott McKay, better known as Patriot Street Fighter, the high-octane, full-throttle truth hammer, and I'm bringing the advancing the fork and line tour to a city near you. I and a host of other speakers will be on stage with an arsenal of issues from health rights, human rights, and the freedom given to us by the founding fathers who drafted the Constitution for the United States of America. This is a ticketed event, and you can get tickets at PatriotStreetFighter.com. I'm looking forward to personally seeing many of you there. The Patriot Street Fighter advancing the fork and line tour tickets can be purchased at PatriotStreetFighter.com. For tour dates and information, or to purchase your tickets, go to PatriotStreetFighter.com. That's PatriotStreetFighter.com. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork. You know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-985-1610. That's 800-985-1610. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? 
I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Hi, this is James Fox. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So going on talking about Cash Landrum, which our guest co-host Kurt Collins has looked at rather extensively, you were about to tell us. You know, we said, talked about the UFO label could be a problem. Well, so if it's if it's attached in the Cash Landrum case, which it was immediately, well, what if this was actually some sort of a paranormal event that was more of an interdimensional energy and that's what they saw, that's what they experienced and the, you know, any physical problems came from that. By having the UFO label, we're looking for some sort of a spacecraft or at least, you know, if it wasn't that, then, you know, military aircraft and it takes us on a false path, perhaps, if it was something even, you know, even weirder. You know, I'm not advocating that, but I'm just saying that that sometimes the UFO label limits the type of investigation and it allows for doors to be closed that maybe shouldn't. Getting into Rendlesham, again, we have the problem there where we've had information that's contradictory, like the book Left at Eastgate, where Larry Warren was basically putting something over on the people. And he left poor Peter Robbins in the lurch there. So we have somebody who writes something which is not true, which muddies the waters. Then we have something that really happened. And it's hard to say. Yeah, that's a big problem because Bryce was talking about the fact that they couldn't find other witnesses in the John Lennon story. And I was thinking, well, that's not that big of a negative. In some of the cases, like like Roswell, he feels that there are a lot of credible witnesses, but it's been documented that there's a substantial number of, of the original people that came forward, Glenn Dennis, and uh, I've forgotten some of the other names, but their stories just didn't stack up once they were investigated. Whether they were mistaken, whether they were fabricators, it came out so much later, were they just, some of them, capitalizing on the fame of a case and wanting to be part of a big story? You know, there were people who claimed to have been at, at Woodstock that were never there because it was a big event and it was, you know, some status to have been to see all these legendary performers. Some people claim military experience that they, they didn't have. They claim to be Vietnam veterans or Navy SEALs, and you know, it's because it puffed up their status. That's one thing. You know, what about the, all the fakes that are attached? The way I understand the Rendlesham story is that um, that Larry Warren wasn't actually, he was stationed at the base, but as a way at the time of the events, he came in, and it seems to me like he wanted to be part of the big story, and he came up with things no one else, the 
so-called credible witnesses. He saw aliens that think had an encounter and, you know, a stereotypical, say, 1950s version of the story. Certainly he tried to cash in on it, and he did. I mean, now having cashed in on this event, did he have to refund the money he made? I wonder if that's ever happened in ufology. I, I don't know. It was it was extraordinary that Peter Robbins pulled the book. I, I don't even know of another instance of that. The, the closest I can think of was when Philip Corso's book came out with an introduction by Strom Thurmond. And it turned out that that had been essentially obtained under false circumstances. The introduction was for what he thought was a memoir of his career, not a, not for the UFO book The Day After Roswell. You know, he with, withdrew the uh, the introduction when it went into to reprint. Well, The Day After Roswell, if you look at the basic claims that it makes, does not hold up at all. So, you know, we'll set that aside for the moment. But, yeah, I mean, we've had things over the years that didn't hold up in the UFO field. And when we talk about Kevin Randall, one of the things he's done in recent years, which is one of the reasons for Roswell in the 21st century, is that he's gone into something called chasing footnotes, where he goes back to take a look at events in the past and not just look at the 14th summary from a book, because then you have, well, Joe Smith summarizes from John Smith, who summarizes from Freddie, and you've got 26 generations of a story And every time that happens, something gets lost or added in the translation. And by the time you compare the current version to the original newspaper story or somebody's report, the resemblance barely exists. It's like a thing that the late Steve Allen used to do on one of his TV shows, if you remember Steve Allen. Folks, Mm -hmm. he was the guy who created The Tonight Show. That's how far back we're talking about here. Brilliant comedian. And he would get up there and have a test where somebody would come on stage from the audience and be told a joke. And that person will, in turn, tell the joke to another member from the audience. And it goes through five or ten generations. And then the last person is asked to repeat the joke. And you can be sure that the joke that they repeat is only barely similar to the original. And it's not just verbal translation. That's why I always wonder about verbal records of histories. How can you do it? Can people be trained to give oral history and have it be accurate? Or is it like that? That's oral history. It doesn't work. I've not seen the Steve Allen version. I've seen other things like that. And there is always something lost in translation. I wish we'd ask Bryce about the the treatment in movies because movies basically have been... uh, formulated to follow what's essentially a, a fairy tale plot and whenever they take uh, uh, whatever story it is whether it's a war drama or a, a biography of someone they sort of pour it into this formula so that the audience can follow along with the story and sometimes it doesn't serve the actual events well at all and some ufo cases i think have suffered from something similar that they've been packaged as stories for an audience When you record a UFO story, if it's a UFO organization like a MUFON, forgive the expression, you know, MUFON has a standard form for UFO information. And so people who investigate will fill out, fill in the dots. They'll fill in the information. But things about the case that don't fit 
into those predetermined categories, they're not going to be asked. In fact, I asked once a former director of MUFON, what do you do about the exceptions? And he says, well, if they volunteer it, we'll write it down. Yeah, but how would they know to add it if they're not being asked? That's true. And if you look at some organizations, MUFON in particular, they have a they have an online form that that may cause a witness, you know, did you experience an electrical sensation? I'm making that one up, but there's there are questions along those lines. And there's so many things happening. They may check some boxes they shouldn't have, is what I'm trying to say there. And like you say, ideally it would it would be great for a professional professionally trained interrogator to take them and just listen to their story, record the details, and not try to have them work from a list. Well, that certainly makes things difficult, but it would be nice if they would let you do it. Hey, Kurt Collins, for those who want to know more about the things that you do, where do they check you out? BlueBlurryLines.com for some current historical uh current news, and more for more historical cases, the saucers that time forgot. Blueblurrylines.com. I mean, it's worth checking out. Speaking of checking things out, you want to check us out? You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Although, for reasons that I cannot discern, Facebook doesn't let us enter the URL for the paracast.com. I can put the email address, but I can't put doesn't make sense. I won't try to figure it out. We also have branded merchandise if you go to the Paracast.shop or the Paracast.store. And it's the throw pillows and the T-shirts, all the good stuff. And we have the Paracast Plus. In fact, Kurt and I will be talking further on the Paracast Plus about UFO franchises. You know what those are, right? We offer the show... Free of the network ads and better audio quality. We also offer the After the Paracast podcast, where we talk about anything and everything. It's uncensored. We never know what's going to happen next. Check it out. And by the way, we've got a special deal for subscriptions to the Paracast Plus for five years or a lifetime subscription. Use the coupon code UFO20. You know, two zero UFO20. Get you a 20% discount. How about that? Okay. Write this down. Go to the Paracast.plus, the Paracast.plus. Hey, Kurt Collins, old friend, thank you so much for sticking with me on the Paracast this week. Oh, my pleasure. It's always fun. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>